This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. It doesn't matter if you're walking around Capitol Hill, if you're sitting on your couch, if you're in a chemo chair, if you're at the gym, wherever you are, your voice matters. And we try to make it as easy as possible for you to take action with the click of a button, because at the end of the day, that's that's the point, right? You need to put a face with colorectal cancer, get your story out there, and let your members of Congress know as a constituent what's important to you. So one step at a time, we're making colorectal cancer a national priority. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast, offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 63 of the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. Thank you so much for joining me. So much to get to, a lot to share with you. You know, people are often asking me, you're so busy interviewing patients, survivors, and caregivers on this show, we never get to hear about how you're doing. So, well, thank you for asking. Recently had my uh, four-month scan and got the words that all of us love to hear when the oncologist walked into the room and the following phrase entered my ears, well, your scans look good. So that's what I wanted to hear. Those are the words that I'll stick with. And uh, that was followed by a little bit more conversation. And our conversation ended with, see you back in four months. So I'll take that and I'll take that all day long. When your oncologist says your scans look good, I'll take that to the bank. So I was excited to hear that news for me. We are still in the midst of Colon Cancer Awareness Month, and it's quite obvious when I look at the Colon Cancer Alliance events page, all of the exciting uh, and informative events that are taking place throughout the country. I'm going to share those with you in just a minute, but uh, thank you to all of you who are uh, advocating for colon cancer awareness, for screening, and all the great work that you're doing. It's greatly appreciated. I'm always looking for new and interesting guests to have on the show. If you know of someone who has an inspiring story that needs to be heard, I would really appreciate it if you would let me know. And the easiest way to do that is right through the coloncancerpodcast.com website. There's a link there that says recommend a guest for the show. That link is thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash guest. Fill out the information and submit it and like I said, this is the best and easiest way for you to recommend either yourself or someone you know who you think would be a great guest to have on the Colon Cancer Podcast. The other thing I want to ask a favor of from you is if you know someone who you feel would greatly benefit by listening to the show, would you pass it on to them? Let them know what we're doing. Let them know about the podcast. The response has been so tremendous the two years that we've done this and we're reaching so many people. Yet at the same time, there are so many people that don't know what a podcast is and how they can listen. So if you're listening, obviously you do. And it would mean a lot to me if you would help us spread the word. So if you could reach out to someone who you think would benefit by listening to these stories and getting this information, share that information with them. I'd greatly appreciate it. 
Don't forget to stay tuned to the end of the show where we have our Ask the Doctor segment where I ask a question of Dr. Laura Porter of the Colon Cancer Alliance. One of these these questions are all cultivated from our Facebook group and online forums where people are asking common questions and Dr. Laura is kind enough to jump on the show with us and provide an answer to one of these commonly asked questions during each of our episodes. If you have an ostomy and are experiencing leakage, that is not normal and you don't have to live with leakage. Feeling secure is important to be able to do the things you enjoy without worrying that you may have to deal with an embarrassing leak. Skin-friendly Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are designed to prevent the edges of your barrier from lifting and help to keep your barrier securely in place. They are elastic and are designed to move with you as you bend and stretch. The innovative Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are a skin-friendly alternative to tape and are available for you to try today. Don't let leakage rule the day. Call 1-855-430-9500 today to receive a free sample of Brava Elastic Barrier Strips. A long list of exciting events taking place throughout the country, like I stated earlier, uh, in support of Colon Cancer Awareness Month and beyond. So let me get right to it, to this rather lengthy list. But these are all great events that are going on, and I want to make sure you know about all of them. Coming up on Wednesday, March the 22nd, from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time, is a tweet chat. So for those of you who are on Twitter, this is an online chat taking place on Twitter. And it's hashtag TAMU, T-A-M-U Health is the hashtag. And this is being uh, sponsored by the Colon Cancer Alliance in partnership with Texas A&M University Health Science Center. And this is going to be a tweet chat talking about colorectal cancer, what you should know. More information on this event can be found on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. That same day, Wednesday the 22nd, boy, there's a lot of events taking place that Wednesday, is a online is a webinar from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time titled Palliative Care, Myths versus Facts. Do you know the truth about palliative care? Myth, palliative care, and hospice are the same thing. Where the, actually the fact is palliative care is not hospice. It's a better way to understand palliative care is that it's an extra layer of support. It's not an either-or choice where a patient has to decide between receiving disease-fighting treatment or palliative care, and it's not a last resort. So if you want to learn more, and you should learn more, if colorectal cancer is a part of your life in any way, you definitely want to register and be a part of this webinar taking place Wednesday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on March the 22nd. And another event taking place Wednesday evening on March the 22nd that I personally am incredibly excited about, and I hope all of my friends in and around uh, the Tampa Bay area down here in Florida will join me for, and that is the world premiere showing of The Messengers, a podcast documentary. The Colon Cancer Podcast, myself, my wife Linda, are prominently featured in this film, talking about our journey and how we've used podcasting to reach our community. Many of my dear friends in the podcast community are also being featured in this film. 
This is the world premiere of the film. It is taking place on Wednesday evening, March the 22nd at the historic Tampa Theater in downtown Tampa. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. and the movie starts at 7.30. You can get your tickets by visiting the Tampa Theater website. I believe that link is tampatheater.org. And I'm hoping that you can join us for this exciting event. Coming up for our friends up in Buffalo, New York, on Friday, March 24th from 5 to 9 p.m. is the Buffalo Blue Bash, and a fun and exciting event that will include live music, entertainment, open bar, raffle tickets, etc. Also coming up on Friday, the 24th of March from 7 to 9 p.m. in Birmingham, Michigan, is a colon cancer benefit gala. This is the Ask Dr. Nandy Charities of Michigan are hosting a Detroit Benefit Gala to raise funds for colon cancer screening, prevention, and treatment. And again, this event is on Friday, March 24th at the Townsend Hotel in Birmingham, Michigan. On Saturday, March 25th, it's time for our next Undie Run Walk. Our dear friends out in St. Louis, Missouri, it's your turn. And this will be taking place at Forest Park Lower Muni uh, parking lot in St. Louis at 9 a.m. on Saturday, March the 25th. Again, that's the Undie Run Walk, next stop in St. Louis, Missouri. If you have an ostomy or are undergoing chemotherapy, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS can help. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com sample and they'll ship one out to you. No strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the code CCPOD, you will get 10% off your first order. For those of you who like to shop and live in the Northern California area, anywhere near Stanford, uh, the Colon Cancer Alliance is partnering with Bloomingdale's for a shopping event. This is Inside Ann's Closet, Bloomingdale's shopping event, and this is coming up on March the 31st. This is on Thursday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the Bloomingdale Stanford, where 10% of the proceeds of this event will go to benefit the Colon Cancer Alliance. Also coming up at, towards the end of the month, this is going to be on the weekend of March 31st and April 1st. We have some more uh, fun events for those of you who like to walk and run. This is the Rock and Roll Marathon Race Series. This includes 5K, half marathon, and marathon. And this is over the course of two days on Friday, April 1st, and April 2nd for those folks in Carlsberg, Carlsbad, excuse me, in Carlsbad, California, the Rock and Roll Marathon Series. And the Rock and Roll Marathon Series that same weekend will be taking place in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
So both in Raleigh, North Carolina and Carlsbad, the weekend, Friday and Saturday, April 1st and 2nd. And the last event to share with you is an event very near and dear to the hearts of all of us involved with the Colon Cancer Alliance. And this is taking place on Sunday, April 2nd in Pittsburgh at the South Hills Country Club from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. This is Cookies for Chris. It's a luncheon and vendor show. uh, And the tickets and proceeds from this event go to benefit the Colon Cancer Alliance. But this event uh, was born seven years ago to honor the memory of Chris Sapienza, the mother of the CEO of the Colon Cancer Alliance, Michael Sapienza. So this is an event that obviously is near and dear to all of our hearts that are involved in the Colon Cancer Alliance. Information on all of these events, and I know I threw a lot of them at you uh, fairly quickly there, they can all be found on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. I want to welcome and say thank you to our newest sponsor, Exact Sciences, manufacturer of Cologuard. Cologuard is the first and only FDA-approved, non-invasive, stool DNA-based colon cancer screening test. It's for patients 50 and older at average risk of colon cancer. Cologuard is shipped directly to you where you can provide a sample in the comfort of your own home and ship it back to the lab, postage prepaid. Cologuard is not for everyone. It is not a replacement for diagnostic or surveillance colonoscopy in high-risk individuals. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. Cologuard is available by prescription only. Ask your doctor if Cologuard is right for you. Find out more information by visiting their website at cologuardtest.com. My guest this week is Emily Picut. Emily works with our dear friends over at Fight CRC, which is another amazing organization dedicated uh, to the mission of uh, eradicating colorectal cancer. And Emily uh, is in charge of advocacy, and she joined me on the show to talk about specifically the Call on Congress event. You may be reading a lot about this online, and this is a major undertaking and an important event where a tremendous number of people who've been affected and impacted by colorectal cancer uh, journey up to Washington, D.C. to meet with Congress and talk about those things that are important uh, from a legislative standpoint on the minds of all of us that are impacted by colorectal cancer. Uh, It's a very interesting conversation I had with Emily. It was very informative. She shared a lot of information. My hat really is off to her and our friends at Fight CRC for the incredible work that they're doing. So Emily and I had this conversation. This was recorded a week or so ago. So this uh, was taking place as they were gearing up to head to Washington. And at the time that you'll be hearing this podcast, uh, the call on Congress has already taken place. And we reference kind of the the difference in the time frame here. So I look forward to perhaps having Emily back to talk about the success of this event. But I think you'll get a lot out of this. You really uh, enjoy understanding Um, the lobbying efforts that not just fight CRC, but also the Colon Cancer Alliance are heavily involved in, especially at this time where so much is happening in terms of healthcare. So join me now for my conversation with Emily Picut. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, 
Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for all the great work that you do and are planning on doing. And that's the reason why uh, we're spending time together today. So Emily, tell us, you know, there's several colon cancer organizations out there, the two biggest being the Colon Cancer Alliance and the one that you're affiliated with, Fight CRC. Tell us about Fight CRC and, and what you do. Sure. So Fight Colorectal Cancer was founded in 2005 as an advocacy organization. And so our focus is really to change policies to benefit colorectal cancer patients, survivors, um, screening procedures, investment in research, um, and really to focus on those efforts, but also coupled nicely with raising awareness and also um, focusing on patient education as well as research. So Emily, tell us uh, what is your uh, role with Fight CRC and uh, what is your connection, if any, to colorectal cancer? Well, I am the advocacy manager at Fight Colorectal Cancer, so that's my role here at Fight CRC. I manage all of our advocacy programs, and I work very closely with our staff on Capitol Hill. Um, We have a part-time policy strategist there, and I work closely with her to develop our grassroots program so I can work with um, what's going on on Capitol Hill and kind of all of the wonky policy stuff um, and really strategize with her how we can mobilize grassroots advocates and um, develop our legislative goals. But my personal connection to colorectal cancer, I actually became aware of after being hired by Fight CRC. Um, I was asked in my job interview by Angie Davis, our president, if I had a connection to colorectal cancer. And I told her no, that at the time I, did, I didn't think so. But once I was offered and had accepted the position, I was very excited and emailed all of my um, my parents and my grandparents to let them know. And my grandmother actually emailed me back and said, oh, that's great. Your grandfather had 13 inches of his colon removed a few years ago with colon cancer. <laughs> and that was news to me as a 20-something-year-old. And I had had digestive issues my entire life, as do both of my parents and my brothers. And so I was suddenly aware of this family history. I got checked out. Everything was fine. But um, since then, my grandfather actually had a recurrence and then passed from the disease, unfortunately. But thanks to my role here at Fight CRC, I've really been able to make an impact in my family and making sure they understand the implications of that family history. Um, And personally, that's really motivated me to make sure that others are aware. I, I can understand, and I'm sorry to hear the, about the loss of your grandfather, but I imagine that that uh, completely changed your your approach to your work. It absolutely did. Um, and, you know, when, when I was interviewed for this position four years ago, I really didn't know much at all about colorectal cancer. And I remember, again, in that interview, um, Angie said, you know, this is a cancer that people don't like to talk about. People don't like to say the word rectal or colon and talk about their poop. And so families tend to be hush-hush, and it's hard to get people to walk around with shirts that say colorectal cancer on them. And I, in theory, you know, understood that. But then to come to the realization that my family had what I guess I would consider this big cancer secret because no one wanted to talk about it, um, that really really impacted me and showed me the true um, consequences of that. I always say, and many, it's certainly not my, my original words, but I try to repeat it wherever possible. Don't let embarrassment kill you, right? Exactly, exactly. So tell us, I'm, I'm curious, uh, there's a lot of publicity going on right now, and 
uh, just to, for frame of reference for our listeners, uh, we're re- you and I are recording this interview prior to the call on Congress. However, this is, episode is going to be published after the call on call Congress, just so our, our listeners can understand where, where we're coming from here. So as you're preparing for call on Congress, and there's a lot of publicity about it uh, on social media, first and foremost, what is the call on Congress? So Call on Congress is a three-day advocacy event. Everyone likes to joke that it's my annual wedding. Um, We spend anywhere from eight months to a year planning it. And um, it's basically two days of training. So we spend the first day talking about research and the second day talking about policy. And it's welcome, um, or we welcome survivors, caregivers, family members, and we even have a junior advocate program if people want to bring their kids, but it's a great opportunity to learn about the latest and greatest in research and how, if Congress appropriates more funds to research, what that could look like. And the flip side of that, if funding isn't increased or if funding gets cut, what that looks like on a, like a real basis for research. And then we train advocates on our legislative goals and get them comfortable sharing their stories with each other, but also get them comfortable sharing their stories with their members of Congress so that they can put a face to colorectal cancer in those congressional meetings and discuss with their members of Congress what's important and what will make a real difference for research and for um, removing barriers to screening and then hopefully coming up with new um, treatment options. So what are the specific goals for the 2017 call on Congress? So for our 2017 call on Congress, We are focusing on, again, removing barriers to colorectal cancer screening. So there is currently a barrier that exists with Medicare screening, where if a Medicare beneficiary goes in for a screening colonoscopy, which is 100% covered, if polyps are removed, which we all know is the point of a colonoscopy, you know, if you find polyps, you're not going to ask your doctor to leave them. Um, But if polyps are removed during that screening procedure, it then gets billed as diagnostic and patients wake up to a 20% coinsurance. And as someone, you know, a, medical, a Medicare beneficiary living on a fixed income, that surprise bill that could be, you know, $300, $500 is a huge deterrent to being screened, especially if you've sat around, you know, at Sunday dinner and your friends at the dinner table have faced that bill. It's, it's not going to make you want to go have a screening colonoscopy done. So, There's currently a bill in Congress, the Removing Barriers to Colorectal Cancer Screening Act. It's H.R. 1017 and S. 479 for anyone who wants to take that to their members of Congress. Um, But it would fix that, um, what we call a loophole, because it it truly was unintentional um, and we think it needs to get fixed. So removing barriers is one of our legislative goals. We also focus on um, requesting increases in funding for research through the NIH, the NCI, as well as um, the Department of Defense has a peer-reviewed cancer research program, and that's very cutting-edge, high-risk, high-reward research that we feel is very important, and colorectal cancer is one of just a handful of diseases covered by that fund, and so that's very important. We also focus on funding for the CDC, Colorectal Cancer Control Program, Um, which sets up screening programs as well as um, implementing system changes in areas that really need it most with folks who are underinsured and uninsured, making sure that 
Um, they have the navigation programs that they need and the outreach efforts that they need. So that's a very important program um, that we really fight for every year. And then finally, this year, as everyone knows, um, there's huge changes happening with healthcare reform. And so we are really focusing on protecting the best interest of patients. So no one really knows what will happen um, with that. We know changes are coming. And so it's very important to us that we arm advocates um, with the knowledge that we are looking out for them and we're listening to them and we are being watchdogs and making sure that whatever policy comes out, whatever policies get voted on, that their voices are being heard. So right now we know that we're focusing on uh, making sure that patients with pre-existing conditions won't be denied coverage or discriminated against, um, among a few other things that cancer patients are faced with when it comes to insurance. That's a lot of that's a lot of goals and a <laughs> lot to hope to hope to accomplish, right? It is. It is a lot this year. But the good news is, um, and lucky for our attendees and for me, um, we have all of this printed off and beautiful issue briefs that everyone hands over to their members of Congress with all of that information and more. So um, for anyone who's looking to go to call on Congress, I hope that doesn't intimidate you or make you not want to go. It's much easier um, and it's not nearly that complex. I've just been staring at these issue briefs for two or three weeks now, but um, we provide attendees all of the background information. We have wonderful speakers come in. And again, we spend two days covering that information very thoroughly so that everyone feels extremely prepared and confident when they go to the Hill on that third day of calling Congress. I need to do this next year. <laughs> We'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah. So to talk about that third day, so you're spending two days preparing everybody. Uh, how does that, that, that actual day uh, in Congress work? Are these meetings pre-scheduled? Uh, kind of for those people trying to vision what this looks like, uh, kind of walk us through uh, what happens. Sure. So um, we work with this wonderful consulting group in Washington, D.C. that schedules all of these meetings for us. And at the end of the second day of training, everyone breaks up into their state groups. Um, and then those groups that are really large, so there will be, you know, two or three subgroups. But we try to make sure that everyone has at least one person who goes with them. Um, so no one goes alone. And they receive their schedules at the end of day two. And we spend a couple of hours in those small groups practicing and making sure everyone's comfortable with their talking points and with sharing their stories. And then on actual Hill Day, and um, we wake up bright and early. Everyone gets bussed over to Capitol Hill. We take a great group photo in front of Capitol Hill. We take a big group photo and everyone um, does their strong arms and is just really excited. And then from there, we normally host a Hill briefing, which is just an opportunity um, for members of Congress and their staff to stop by. And we have um, normally celebrity speakers. So this year we have um, Scott Lagasse Jr. He's a stage one colorectal cancer survivor. He is a NASCAR driver. So he will be there sharing his story with us. We also have a congressional advisory committee um, with about six congressional members. And so they stop by normally and speak. And again, the idea is just to inform any staffers or members of Congress who stop by really why we're there and what we're hoping to accomplish that day. And then once the Hill briefing comes to an end, everyone goes their own separate ways and is in Hill meetings for the rest of the day. And then that evening, we have a big party and everyone celebrates what they accomplished. Sounds like fun, too. It is. It's super fun. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you know and 
I guess more importantly, when do you know, Emily, if this event was a success? Well, I would say that it's always a success, um, first of all, because anytime you have someone face-to-face with a staff or a member of Congress that's telling their story, you're putting a face with colorectal cancer. And no matter what, the next time that research dollars are on the chopping block or this bill is discussed, that person is going to remember, you know, they may not remember you were from Fight CRC and what day you were there, but they'll remember that person's story. And so I think it's always a success for that reason, um, that we do measure success in a very tangible way as well with numbers of co-sponsors for the bill. So we normally see a bump after calling Congress. We always encourage folks to follow up and make sure um, we get co-sponsors on that bill. But then also throughout the year, we can encourage people to continue to follow up um, as appropriations happen and we see the opportunity to request those increases again and make sure as things are voted on that members of Congress don't forget that we were there in March. And so we just continue to make those follow-ups throughout the year. And as long as research funding continues to increase, which so far it has, um, we consider that a success. That's wonderful. As we wrap up, Emily, and people are listening, those folks who can't make the trip, can't, can't physically be there, how can people support your effort uh, in other ways? Sure. So on March 15th, and I know this is airing after March 15th, but on March 15th, Um, which is our Hill Day, and we do this every year, which is why I'm mentioning it, we also have a virtual lobby day. And we've partnered with the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network, and we've got the same messaging set up in a pre-composed email for advocates at home to email their members of Congress. And that's what we call call an action alert. So that's what we do on virtual lobby day, but we also do it throughout the year. So if you can go to action.fightcrc.org, You can sign up to be an advocate and you can be notified every time we have an action alert. So just when I mentioned, you know, that we continue throughout the year to um, really encourage people to follow up with their members of Congress and continue to advocate. A lot of times that's how we do it. We'll send you an email with an action alert. So if you can sign up as an advocate and get involved, you'll get our emails once a month. That'll just notify you of what we have going on in advocacy at Fight CRC. And then again, it'll notify you when we need you to take action. Sounds like you've got this process quite streamlined and make it easy for people to make a difference, which is great. We try. We try because it's so important that people know it doesn't matter if you're walking around Capitol Hill, if you're sitting on your couch, if you're in a chemo chair, if you're at the gym, wherever you are, your voice matters. And we try to make it as easy as possible for you to take action with the click of a button because at the end of the day, that's that's the point, right? You need to put a face with colorectal cancer, get your story out there, and let your members of Congress know as a constituent what's important to you. So one step at a time, we're making colorectal cancer a national priority. Well, Emily, thank you so much for the great work that you're doing. I want to wish you great luck on your, uh, on your trip, safe travels. And uh, I know that uh, every, all of us in the colorectal cancer community truly appreciate the, the efforts that you're making here. And you are making a difference, and we appreciate it. Thanks so much, Lee. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. It's time for Ask the Doctor, where your questions about colorectal cancer are answered by Dr. Laura Porter. 
Dr. Porter is the medical advisor and senior patient advocate for the Colon Cancer Alliance. Dr. Laura, how are you today? Very good, Lee. How are you? I'm doing great. So my question today is about pathology reports. And one of our listeners asked, is my pathology report something that I should be getting a copy of? And if so, why? So it depends on how much information you want to have. Um, The pathology reports are important in helping your doctors determine the stage of your cancer and to help guide treatment decisions. It can tell them which treatments you may or may not benefit from. For example, your RAS status. So if RAS is mutated, then Vectabix and Herbitux would not be good for you. So it can also tell them how many lymph nodes were removed and the number that were positive. This helps determining the stage. So if you have positive lymph nodes, then you're stage three. If you have no lymph nodes, then usually you're stage two, which determines your treatment. The other information on the PATH report is grade and differentiation, which indicates how aggressive the tumor is. The benefit for you is when you are looking for a clinical trial, your tumor status, like RAS, including KRAS, your microsatellite, uh, condition, your BRAF, a number of different markers are important along with the cell type of cancer. So um, adenocarcinoma is the most common, but the cell type could also be squamous or mucinous or signet, and this would determine the clinical trials you would want to look for. Thank you so much, Dr. Laura. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. And thank you to our sponsors, Coloplast, H2ORS, and Exact Sciences for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud sponsor of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Again, that's ccalliance.org. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.